Um, so we're just going to do some announcements here real quick, and I'm, I'm learning. Turn my microphone on this time. Um, so uh, it's uh, the first Sunday in June, and on the first Sunday of every month, we do what? Birthdays. Birthdays, right. So if your birthday happens to be in June, raise your hand nice and high. And I'm not doing it as an example. My birthday's in June, so feel free to sing to me as well. So look around who's, here, who's uh, around there. So, okay, you guys ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mike and everybody else. Happy birthday to you. All right. Yeah, uh, so uh, kids, it is time for you guys to be heading off to Kingdom Kids. Kim's back there dancing. If you want to head out the back doors, that would be great. Um, so uh, just a couple of reminders, just things again that we just kind of bring up at the first of every month, um, some reminders about kind of communicating and interacting with the church. Um, we have a church app, which if you don't have, you can see any of the young people, Shiloh and Jordan and uh, Isaac, those guys who can help you do that. We have an email address. These are ways to stay in touch with us as a church. Obviously, our website, as well as the app, have all sorts of information about you know, what's going on, past sermons you can listen to, that kind of thing. And then offering options, again, uh, everyone has just been so generous for, in all of these past, you know, difficult years, we appreciate that. You can give money online uh, here in the boxes that are at each door. You can drop it through the, the uh, uh, slot in the door. You can mail it. Whatever uh, you feel like doing is great. I um, want to just tell you about an event that's going to be taking place um, on the 18th. This is down the street at the First Baptist Church. Um, Gavin and crew are, are hosting a church renewal dinner. This is at 5.30 p.m. on June 18th, um, and everyone is invited. They are asking that people RSVP. Child care is going to be provided, and the topic is revival, um, Gavin uh, did a breakfast, oh, maybe a year, year and a half ago on this same thing. It's going to be a little bit of presentation and then actually a lot of roundtable discussion that's going to be taking place on the topic of revival. So if you're interested in joining uh, really Christians from throughout the valley down at the Baptist Church on the 18th, um, that's the information. It'll be in the bulletin, and please do RSVP. They, they want to get a head count. Um, and with that, we've got uh, Jordan coming up for a youth ministry announcement. A few, actually. It's been a while. We uh, actually have, usually have a few. There are many, many events going on and things that have happened. So to start off with, we actually, a couple things of what happened the past couple weeks. Uh, every first Wednesday of the month, we've kind of started this new thing two months ago, is home group. Um, and so with that, we kind of just, as, a, as the youth group, we all come over to Shiloh and I's place. We play games, have pizza, uh, and just have fun and really just get to, get to hang out. And I believe we have a picture uh, from, uh, for that. Yeah, there we are. Uh, just a bunch of us there hanging out. Again, we are just playing games, having fun. Um, and we don't have it up there, but we did one of the serious faces, you know, and I think Josie was trying to fight Isaac. Uh, it was great. So something that we, you know, 
again, this is our second time doing it. We're planning to do it throughout the summer for July and August, and we'll see about next year. Uh, and to kind of kick off summer, we went on a hike uh, on Saturday. And so we, we hiked up there on Shelf Road together, and we did some geocaching. If you don't know what that is, just Google it. Uh, it's super fun. And then to end it, we went to Ojai Ice Cream and had some ice cream, and uh, we were just hanging out. Uh, it was a fun way to spend a Saturday. It was really cool out, and I didn't have to put on sunscreen, which I'm thankful for. Um, so those are a couple of the events that we had going on in just the past year. And so looking forward, uh, summer, we have, we have a lot going on for the summer in terms of, you know, youth events. We're not going to have a normal kind of Wednesday routine of, you know, coming here. It's going to be more activities. And so uh, out on the cart, I actually have our, our schedule for the summer if you want to pick that up uh, so you can take that home with you. And in case we run out, just come find me. Um, there will also be on the website under the youth kind of bracket. Uh, if you go there, it'll be there permanently if you can, you know, download it there as well. Um, and so with that, there's also a medical release form, you know, for you parents that are wondering. It covers all the youth events uh, for the summer, so you don't have to keep filling them out. Uh, and if you, you know, I sent out an email to everyone. In case you didn't get it, you can come see me. I have them here right now. I can hand them to you. Uh, just see me afterwards. Um, and then we have a pretty big event coming up in June. June 22nd is Magic Mountain. Um, so it's going to be from uh, 9 to 5. There's a lot more details with that as well, but one of the big ones is the cutoff for sign-up and payment is the 15th, which is in a couple weeks. Again, I have sheets for that out on the back if you want more details, and again, you can talk to me as well. And then finally, since next week is the, uh, you know, kind of the end of the school year, we're going to take a break from all youth stuff next week. Uh, just this kind of, a, you know, let the year kind of settle out take a little break, and then we'll get back with, with more activities the following week. Um, and so that's it for youth. And now, Kathy, some uh, women's ministry stuff. Good morning. So we have lots of events as well, so it might take me a few minutes here, um, so bear with me. <laughs> um, first thing, um, if, uh, if you got... Um, this, if uh, passed out to you as you entered um, today. If not, there are some more on the carts, but it's a list of our women's ministry summer events. So I'm not going to go in chronological order. So the first one I'd like to talk about is um, we're going to do is called Reflection on the Psalms. And it's to just bring some structure, a little bit of structure, a little bit of motivation for us to continue reading the Bible throughout the summer. So um, we will have um, not a discussion, but a reflection um, on August 25th, uh, August 15th um, at 7 p.m. here at the well. Um, I looked up the word reflection. Um, it's a thought, idea, or opinion formed as a result of meditation. I thought that really fit well with this, that um, uh, we could approach this uh, many different ways, and that's going to be up to you. We're just kind of um, going to get together. Uh, so, again, we have sort of a deadline, <laughs> which helps motivate. Um, but it's really kind of up to you how you'd like to approach that this summer. How, you, how would you like to read through the Psalms? You could read one or two a day. You could say, I'm going to read all 150 by August 15th. Um, you can uh, pray 
some of these psalms. Um, you can read books, and we will have a list of, of maybe half a dozen recommended books if you'd like to read a book about the psalms. Um, you can just go through and underline the things that really kind of speak to you and hit you about them. Or if you're one of those people, <laughs> not, you can journal um, and write, this is what the Lord is speaking to me about this. So look when you um, are reading through them, uh, consider what spiritual truths are you finding out about God? Um, what does it teach me about him? What does it teach me about myself? And how can I apply this truth to my own life? When I read the Psalms, I definitely see God's uh, faithfulness, his power, um, his mercy, his justice, um, and which gives me hope and assurance and a place to, uh, to hide, really, in him and trust him. Um, so this is going to be August 15th. Please just use this as, again, a motivation to read through some scripture this summer and come together that we can encourage one another by what we discover um, in this large book. Um, okay, a couple other events that we're going to have. Coming June 25th, we are, this kind of morphed, we have three workshops that we had uh, uh, considered doing this summer. And this first one sort of morphed from a workshop to um, a kind of a community service. Um, so we are uh, going with the land, uh, Ojai Land Conservancy, to do trail maintenance. Um, so we're opening this up to everyone, then not just women. So kids, uh, men, you are all welcome to join us there. It's going to be uh, from 8 to 11. The time's a little bit loose. If you'd like to come later, you can call me. We have a whole sheet of information that will be on the card. So there's a whole thing of how, what to bring and, and where we will meet. And instead of going through all those details, if you are interested at all, please uh, see me or Katie and, uh, or Jasmine. I don't know if Jasmine's here today, but, um, and we have information about it. Um, but even it's affected, I think, um, the people that we've talked to at the Land Conservancy, that a church would volunteer to do this um, in the community and give back to the community as well. Um, but it should be a fun time together. Um, so uh, more information. Oh, hi, Jasmine. <laughs> uh, more information just... Um, uh, uh, please just, there's a great, we have a, a whole uh, sheet of information that you can get, and it's out on the cart. Um, last two, uh, we have a floral arranging, arranging workshop uh, on July 30th, and that was canceled like two and a half years ago. We had it uh, when uh, COVID hit, and so now it's been postponed, and we're going to do it again. And the third workshop is Intro to Watercolor. So um, we have sign-up sheets on the cart. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you. No, wait, wait, wait. I was going to give the sermon. <laughs> you would have if you took all my notes. <laughs>
So um, the last announcement we have is going to be about Mexico. As many of you know, uh, there was a group of 20 of us who went down to uh, Mexico two or three weeks ago. Frankly, I already kind of lost track. Um, and Jordan, I don't, yeah, there you go. So uh, I'm just going to be introducing, you're going to see some slides of some of our family who was down there with us. Um, like I said, there were 20. We went down, most of us were down there for a week. Uh, we built two homes. Um, had an absolutely wonderful time. The team itself was fantastic. The YWAM folks that we worked with were, were absolutely wonderful. The best, one of the best teams that we have worked with. Um, I mentioned before, I think a week or two ago, and I, I praise the Lord really with all my heart that there were three churches that partnered together in doing this, ourselves, the Baptist Church down the street, and then the Orchard in uh, Arlington, Virginia. And uh, everyone kind of, you know, helped fund these two houses. We had a target of $27,000 we needed to raise to pay for the two houses. And between the three churches, we actually raised quite a bit more than that. And that's the first time ever that we have just had such an abundance of money that all the money that we had uh, left over from it is now being applied to trips for next year. So it's not going to waste. It's just going to be set aside for uh, houses that we will build next year. Um, something else that happened this time, which was pretty cool, is both houses we built in record time. Typically takes two full days to build a house, and we finished the first one in about a day and two-thirds, and we were done with the second one by lunch on day two, and YWAM was just amazed. They said, we've never seen a team build the houses so fast. So it was super awesome. Um, so uh, we're going to have a, a little bit of a time here. Uh, I've got a couple of people who are going to share about their trips. We've got a video that we're going to watch. But first, Mike Glennon is going to come up and share about his trip. Come on up here. Good morning. Can you hear me? Wow. Uh, good morning and... Uh, Thank you, thank you for uh, supporting our, our mission uh, with prayers, and it was just, for me, it was just awesome. Um, I could talk for three days on what happened, but um, the two families were just so grateful for what we had done, and it was because of the YWAM team being so uh, organized and keeping us on track, and frankly, I think we had pretty good team. Like you said, we got done in record time. And of course, I've never been there. So, it, it, you know, I didn't have anything to compare it to. But <laughs> um, just, the, just the time with the family was just so awesome. I, I got a chance to shop with the uh, family, the second family on the second day. Um, Aubrey gave me a choice to uh, either paint or shop. I'm not really too fond of shopping, but my back was getting a little tired, so I said, okay, I'll shop. <laughs> so anyway, that was fun because we, we uh, interacted with the families and the kids, and, and it was just the, the, the mom's favorite colors were blue and white. I, I asked her in Spanish what her favorite colors were in my broken Spanish. She said blue and white, so that's why the house ended up blue and white. And uh, the, the dad's favorite color was blue, so I guess they were both on the same page. <laughs> But I just want to—I just want to let you know. I, okay, there's five things. Five things I learned in Ensenada. Everyone's effort counts and is vital. God is in control. Let him 
into your heart. I brought, I brought way too much stuff. That was a big thing for me. Happiness, peace, and grace are God's, and forgiveness are God's merciful blessings to all who trust and obey. Um, and our neighbors to the south are gentle, warm, kind, and loving, joyful people. And Lord be willing, I'm going to fill this book and be back. These are my notes. I'm going to, about 10 more years. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Um, So uh, we have a video. We had really kind of a, a, we were surprised by a unique um, event that was taking place when we showed up down at YWAM. The uh, director came up to me, uh, and we were the only team there building houses during that week. And he said, hey, we have a couple this is a couple that actually, American husband, a Mexican wife, they met at YWAM um, some years ago, and they had uh, gotten married and actually ran a photography and videography type of business in central Mexico in the community where she grew up. Well, they had felt the Lord's calling to take their skills and apply them and offer them to ministries to do um, kind of professional videos about the work that ministries do. So they had approached Homes of Hope in Ensenada, who had said, absolutely, come on up. And so they were going to use our team and our trip as the source for their uh, video that they have put together as really an advertising or marketing video for Homes of Hope. And so this is now the official video that Homes of Hope will be showing groups all over the place when they're someone wants to know more about the program. So I just got the video a couple of days ago. Uh, It's wonderful, and we're going to watch it right now. A home is a place where life happens, where you build relationship and you find um, love and security and guidance where family grows. I've been bringing teams down with Homes of Hope for over 20 years. Um, The first time that I came down and experienced this myself as a participant on a team, I really had no personal interest in missions and God just absolutely broke and captured my heart as it related to doing work like this. And um, I really do it for two reasons. One is because of the absolute radical transformative power that it has in the families of people that we build homes for um, and that's you know personal educational and their health and spiritually that they know that there is a God and that that God that our God in Jesus Christ loves them and the second is that I have just seen not just my own life but dozens and dozens of people's lives who have been absolutely just radically changed uh, spiritually because of this experience of coming down giving of themselves being exposed to uh, different culture and frankly poverty and that's just something that many people have just never interacted with and that has been radical and transformative spiritually and personally um, for just so many people.
so I did roofing. Um, we just helped with uh, cutting the rafters, uh, putting up the rafters on the, the this is the sideboards, um, painting. Um, helped, I learned electrical, uh, putting together all the furniture, uh, just pretty much everything. A little bit of everything, so. Oh, it's been great. Um, you know, it's the first time I've come out here. Uh, just getting the team here, um, just the YWAM family. Um, it's, just been, it's just been an awesome experience. Highly recommend. neat to see the, that I was able to help and to um, encourage the people and I just uh, marvel at their courage to uh, to live and to to take care of their kids with what they can and utilize everything that they have and so I have great respect for for the people here and um, I'm just so thrilled they're gonna get like this brand new house and you walk in there and it's like wow you know being able to cook on a on a stove and being able to have a refrigerator and especially the kids having their beds I mean fresh mattresses there it's a gift to them it's God's gift to them it's not really us necessarily given this big gift it's really God working through us to give this gift of how much he loves them and so we're responding to how much God loves us just a, a wonderful transformative experience to give that family the keys because their lives are so different from that moment forward. means a lot to me. Um, <clears throat> so I, uh, I hope if you haven't gone, I hope you'll consider coming on a trip in the future. Uh, if you have gone, I hope you'll go back. Um, so uh, Alan Kim is going to come up and share with us about his trip. Good morning. Well, I am humbled by that uh, video presentation. Um, but, uh, you know, just working side by side with, with uh, the church members, having 20 people, three different churches, um, all of us working together for a common goal, um, it's amazing what we did to build two houses in a week. I mean, it truly was nothing short of a miracle. Um, I myself, you know, struggled. It was hard. It's challenging um, building at home. And, and really, um, I prayed. I prayed really hard um, that the Lord will help me get through the week. 
And I think the most gratifying feeling and just what made everything worth it was the key ceremony, right? Um, I think you guys saw in the video, we all huddled around the families, um, gave a little blessing. And when we handed the keys over and just, you know, seeing the emotions in the parents' eyes and, um, you know, the kids' the smiles, you know, big smiles on their eyes, it just made everything worth it. And, you know, I highly recommend everyone to experience that. Um, and uh, definitely encourage you guys to join us next year. Um, it was great. So thank you for all the support and prayers. And, um, yeah, we hope, hope to see you. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. And just, just so you know, for Alan and Mike, first-timers. First-timers right there. And it's awesome. So, so I had actually only planned on having two people share, but uh, Josie came up to me, and um, it's kind of a long story, but Josie has a testimony, really, about her own personal experience and her family's experience as it relates to this trip going to Mexico, and she's going to come up and share about that. So. Um, hi, I've gone to Mexico three times, and this last time we had prayed to God and asked him, like, do you want us to go? And I had felt God pressing on me, like, yeah, you should go this time. But um, my passport had expired, so in March we went to get it renewed, and we expedited it so it, it would come in time. Um, but on Friday, the Friday before we left, it still hadn't come, so we were thinking we probably wouldn't go. And then that Friday it came, and... It just really was a miracle because we were not expecting to go. And um, I think that was really God. Thank you, honey. Uh, if I can embellish that story just a little bit, at least as the way it was told to me, is that um, in reality, Aubrey, you know, was really questioning whether she could go down if uh, Josie wasn't going and maybe Matt would just go and that kind of stuff. And as it was told to me, Josie is the one who looked at her mom and dad and said, that passport is going to come. God told me he wants me to go on this trip. That passport's going to be here. And so, Josie, praise the Lord you know, for your faith in believing God, what God told you to do, and God came through even at the last minute. So that is super awesome. So, um, so again, just kind of closing this out, um, we are, I, I just scheduled last week, uh, two trips for next week, next year. Um, one date's locked in, in October. Uh, the other one, I'm still working with them on dates, but I'm targeting, uh, June. So, uh, it's not too early to, uh, tell me that you're interested in going and, and thank you all. Uh, you know, uh, Alan said it then, and Mike said it too, just, your support financially, your support um, in prayer, your support just in giving, in supporting those of us who actually do go uh, means a lot. We all have a role in doing that. So, so thank you. And uh, Shiloh and the Shilettes are going to come up and uh, lead us in another couple of songs. Um, you alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. That's what that song just said. And that's really fitting for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, Richie's not here. Um, I am. So we're going to do things a little bit differently than we normally do. Um, Richie often challenges us uh, 
after his teaching or referring back to a previous week, and he asks us a question, what have you done with what you heard? So whether you're leaving today or you reflect back on last week or the week before, he asks us a very legitimate question. You know, we are taught from the word of God, and when we leave here, and whether it's today or through the course of the week, what do we do with the things that we have heard? And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Um, What I'm going to do is just a quick recap, actually, of the last three weeks of Philippians uh, 3, 8 through 10, uh, 7 7 through 10, Um, and then we're going to have a little bit of time to answer that question. What do we do with the things that we hear? So I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. Um, But Philippians, uh, we're going back to May 15th, Richie's sermon on that date, we're going to cover the last three, was called, Is Jesus Your Most Valuable Person, Your MVP? Um, Philippians 3, 7 to 8 says this, Paul says, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ. So what Paul was doing, Richie explained to us, uh, Paul was really contrasting his life as a Pharisee, as a Jew, up until the time when Jesus confronted him on the road to Emmaus, versus what his life had been since that time. And Paul was saying that everything that I had accumulated in my, you know, uh, uh, experience, in my reputation before I met Jesus, he spent many years coming to the conclusion that that is all worth nothing compared to the value, the insurmountable value, the infinite value, the surpassing value of knowing Jesus and gaining Christ. Paul makes it clear, just like the rest of Scripture does, that, and we talk about this a lot here, that this is a heart issue. It's not about knowing Jesus up here, it's about knowing Jesus in our hearts. His, you know, what is in our hearts as it relates to Jesus Christ. In our hearts, specific to this particular message of, is Jesus our most valuable person? What do you, what do I in our hearts actually value in this world? Are there things that we in fact value more than Jesus Christ. You know, the reality is we all live in Ojai, or we've got some visitors from out of town, and I know some of you are watching from out, but those of us who live here in Southern California, we frankly are, all of us, affluent. We are all comfortable. We all live in a very wealthy environment. Um, And that, honestly, I think, I'll just say personally, relative to dealing with this issue of value is a real challenge to me. You know, Kathy and I have a lot, and where do we put our value relative to things as opposed to Jesus in our lives? You know, you, you know, I'm sure you've all heard this adage that you can tell where, what you value really by looking at three things. Where do you spend your money? Where do you spend your time? And what do you find yourself thinking about frequently? Those are kind of three hallmarks. If you really do a personal analysis of those three things, it will tell you a lot about what you genuinely whether you admit it or not, or even are conscious of it or not, value in life. Um, it could be wealth. Is it your home? Is it personal recognition, just your reputation and recognition among other people? Is it pleasure, pleasure-seeking? 
whether that's good or, or even illicit pleasure, leisure or fun. It might be food. It could be how you look, how you dress. That's not one I get too worried about. Um, it could be travel. could be your car, Tyler. could be your truck or your motorcycle. could be your job. could be your family. There's all sorts of things, many of which are good things, but if they are more valuable to you than Christ, that is where it becomes an issue. Um, for me personally, I really resonated three weeks ago. Richie talked about a struggle for him early on in his uh, walk with Christ, in his ministry, where he found himself working so much that Nadine at one point had to kind of challenge him and say, you know what, you're gone too much and that kind of stuff. I did the same thing early on in my Christian life for Kathy and I, and it caused some real issues. And I had to kind of come to terms with, was I valuing you know, what I did in a church more than Christ or more than my wife? It was a real something I had to come to terms with. Um, I have talked in the last year and a half, even up here, about the Lord really pressing me in the last year or uh, two on travel, on comfort, on my trust in him. And was I hanging on to things too tightly or, or really letting him be more valuable than those types of things in my life? That was a personal challenge. Is it house possessions, whatever the case may be? But Paul says in verse 8 that to him, everything else in his life is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ and the point being so that he could gain Jesus. Richie talked to us about that word knowing, um, gnosko in Greek, that means to know intimately. It's not just head knowledge. It's not even necessarily referring to head knowledge, but it's personal knowledge, intimate knowledge, experiential knowledge, heart knowledge of Jesus. So essentially, Paul is saying um, in those couple of verses in uh, Philippians, all of Paul's things, and there's a graphic, um, if you guys want to put that up, uh, all of Paul's things, um, he came to the conclusion were less important than knowing and gaining Christ. That was Paul's conclusion. Jesus says in Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything that he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for a choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. So again, just think about this guy, finds a treasure in a field and is so excited about the value of this treasure that he uh, found. He buries that thing again. He goes away. And to him, everything else that he had in life was of no value compared to this treasure. And that's really the message to us. Is that how we feel about Jesus? Just ask yourself, is that how you personally feel about Jesus? That he, the greatest gift, the greatest treasure that this world has ever been given, is he so important that you would go sell anything and everything just to follow him? just to know him more, to gain more of him. Jesus also says in Matthew 6, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal because wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also where we put our value, where we put our, our treasure, our heart follows it. 
And so again, the question to us then, and there's another graphic, is the question to us is, all of our things, whatever those things might be, the question is, are those things greater than Jesus, than knowing and gaining Christ? Are they equal to knowing and gaining Christ? Or are they, can you honestly say that some or many of those things are less important and you would gladly let them go for the sake of knowing and gaining Christ? So that was the point of Richie's sermon three weeks ago about value and coming to terms with this idea of value in your life and where does Jesus fit into your uh, value system. On May 22nd, Richie, uh, title of his sermon was From Legal Declaration to Loving Relationship. This message was really about answering the question about purpose, our purpose in life. Now that we've been saved, now that we have everything that in can be given us all the fullness of God we have in Christ, why do we do the things that we do on a daily basis? Whether it's work or church-related or you know, what, at home, why do we do the things that we do? Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a wonderful truth, that we have been justified by faith, that as a result of that action on Jesus' part, we have peace with God through him. That is a wonderful truth. Richie's observation a couple of weeks ago, however, was that many Christians kind of get stalled there. They kind of stop at that point of saying, hey, I'm saved, you know, I've got my, you know, my name's in the book of life, I've got my ticket to heaven. That's really all I needed to do and all that I'm interested in doing. But that's really a mistake, and he asked us, um, with all due respect, he asked, I was sitting out here and got asked the same question all of you did, why are you here? Why are you literally here today? Why are you watching today? What is it that is purposed in your heart about being together this morning to worship, to hear about Mexico, to hear God's word? What is it? Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we go to church? Why are we the men who were meeting out here this morning? Six, eight guys showed up. Why? What is in your heart that purposed you to do that? Why do we women's Bible studies? Why do we go to Mexico? Those of us who went two or three weeks ago, what is the purpose for us going down? Paul said that his purpose is, again, this is Philippians 3, and I'm sorry, 3, 8, and 10. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. That was his purpose. I've made these choices. I've made this decision that everything else in my life is worthless because I want to gain Christ. And Philippians 3.10 carries it on saying that that I may know him. Again, the purpose of Paul's life had become, I want to gain Christ and I want to know him intimately, personally, experientially and the power of his resurrection. Um, Richie shared with us, uh, which again, I thought was a, a good insight, kind of about those most important relationships in our life. He used the example of marriage. Um, I would include even parenting in that, and maybe even close friendships. Think about the people that you are closest to in your life. All of those relationships, those important relationships in our life are meant to move from this uh, statement, this legal declaration of, I now pronounce you man and wife. 
you are Bobby and Donnell last week. I now pronounce you parents, you know? I mean, that wasn't a legal declaration, but it was reality that you went from not being parents to being parents. Or in a friendship, the type of commitment that we make with those who are closest to us in our lives to move from that legal declaration or that kind of more superficial to a loving relationship. That that is the purpose of God in those most important relationships. It's what God has planned for us in from the very beginning, that we would be in a loving, personal, experiential relationship with him. And his invitation is to, for us to make that our ultimate purpose. Jesus says in Matthew 22, uh, teacher, someone came up to him and asked him the question, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your being, more than anything else in the world. So again, going back to the sermon a couple of weeks ago, the purpose that we have been created for, that we are invited to embrace and to pursue as believers is to know Christ personally, intimately, and experientially, to gain more of him, to grow in his presence in our lives, in our abandonment to him, and to love God with all of our hearts, every ounce of our being, more than anything else in this world. So the question then again is, is that the purpose of your life? When you ask yourself, honestly, what's my purpose in life? Is that the answer? What's the purpose of our daily activities? Whatever those activities you are, uh, that you do. And when you ponder that question of what your purpose is, Richie reminded us, and again, I think it's uh, worth repeating, is that it is a journey. You know, we all, you know, uh, we start off as new Christians and, you know, the Lord's plan is for us to grow until the day we die. But it is a journey and there are ups and downs in the midst of it. Paul puts it this way in Philippians three twelve to 14. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. This is Paul talking after decades and decades of following Christ. But I focus on this one thing. Here's what I do. Here's what Paul does after so long of following the Lord and and doing all the work that he did. Here's what he does in his life. I forget the past, and I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So God's call to us is progress. It's not perfection. It's not overnight. This is a journey. His call to you and his call to me is progress, to be moving forward and to not be hindered by our past, to know that it is forgiven, to know that it is buried, to know that we are white as snow, we are perfect in God's sight, to not let our mistakes or our failures um, hinder us in progressing in our faith and in knowing and gaining Christ, to press on to run the race until the end. So let's go back to next last week. Um, Richie's title was The Power of the Resurrection. This last message was really about the amazing, mighty power that God displayed in resurrecting Jesus. 
everything that it took, heavenly, supernatural, earthly, to take the human body of Jesus Christ and to raise him from the dead and to have him live on earth and then to ascend. All the power, supernatural power that it took to do that is now available to you and I in all of its magnitude, in all of its amazing glory through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. So the question to us last week was, does that mighty power um, that raised Jesus from the dead and is completely ours, does it make a difference in your life on a daily basis? When you go about your life, when you work, when you are home, whatever it is you're doing, does that resurrection power, that power that is ours completely in Jesus, does it make a difference in your life? Um, there's this quote from the Bible Exposition Commentary. It says, too many Christians are betweeners. They live between Egypt and Canaan. They were delivered but never got to the promised land. They were saved but never satisfied by the fullness that God has offered us in the promised land. Or they live between Good Friday and Easter, believing in the cross but not entering into the power and glory of the resurrection. When I, when I ask myself, because you know I'm certainly not perfect in that regard at all, why don't I? The times that I don't rely on that, why don't I? Maybe ask yourself that same question. Sometimes Richie talked about, is it comfort? Is it just complacency? That we live in an environment here where we frankly don't have a lot of needs. We're not pressed very often. Do we just get complacent in our lives? For me, is it self-reliance? You know, I'm kind of a control freak. I'm kind of a you know, I need to be, you know, I like to be in charge. I like to be in control. Um, I'm afraid of giving up control, even to the Lord. Is that something that gets in my way? Do we just get in cruise control? Is there sin in our lives that prevents us from really accessing and having this power of the resurrection in our lives or fear of trusting? Uh, Richie read to us this uh, passage out of Revelations 3, talking about the church in Laodicea. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I, to the church, I know all the things that you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's pretty, pretty direct. You say, he's speaking to us, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize, Jesus again saying, that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Um, again, does that, does that apply when you ask yourselves, when I ask myself, why do we not have reliance on this supernatural resurrection power? Uh, it's a difficult question. Um, I learned a lot about this, to be honest, uh, in the years that Kathy and I lived back in Virginia uh, Doug Ellis was the pastor of the orchard back there. And Doug, God bless him, he pressed me personally many, many times because Doug is a man who f will frequently just adamantly trust the Lord in impossible circumstances. And I found this many times uh, going to Haiti. Early on when we started going down and I was leading the trips, honestly, I really struggled with trusting the Lord for money, for people, for provision for teams, for working with 
partners and all the different elements of leading these mission trips down to Haiti. I struggled with it. And Doug would just, you know, kindly, but, but get in my face and say, Mark, you know, the Lord can do anything. He can do everything. And when you're pressed like that, that is when you need to put your trust in him. And um, I really uh, learned a lot about that during that example, during that time in my life. Frankly, I learned it over the last two days. Um, Richie called Friday night and said, hey, I'm not going to be there on Sunday. Uh, Tyler and I talk, and Tyler says, I'm not speaking. You are. You know? <laughs> so, okay, uh, here we go, you know. Uh, so, dead serious. Uh, you know, talk about a moment where uh, this was an I need God, your mighty resurrection power. Uh, I had that moment uh, Friday night. And, um, and I, I, I seriously want to testify. I've told people this morning when we got together, I was absolutely blown out by how God met me immediately. Absolutely immediately. I, my natural inclination in the past, I might fret, I might worry, I might think about, oh my gosh, just all sorts of things, you know, about me. Like, oh my gosh, you know, how's this going to go? I'm nervous, I'm worried, all this kind of stuff. That honestly simply did not happen. God met me in that phone call, right after that phone call, and flooded me with peace, with confidence, with joy that came from him. It was his resurrection life in me in the last couple of days that has gotten me to the point where I'm up here doing what I'm doing right now. And I give him the glory for that because it was absolutely not me. Richie talked last week about him being a homebody, kind of his own personality. You know, and he's up here, and I know, you know, our folks from uh, Oregon who are visiting, they have really expressed kind of their appreciation just for Richie's, you know, intensity and animation and just, you know, how energized he is when he's up here teaching God's word to us. Well, that is totally not his personality, you know, and that's what he said to us, you know, that he's given his own, he'd rather be home by himself, leave me alone, I'll just kind of do my own thing. That's kind of who he is as a guy. But God put a call on his life and he comes here and does what God has called him to do. And God supernaturally empowers him and gives him the ability to do things that are simply not who he is naturally. Um, my wife, Kathy, and she, I didn't tell her. I'm sorry, honey. She always hates when I use her as a sermon illustration. But even the, uh, the announcement that my wife did today was seriously her relying on the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Um, so yesterday I'm working on what I, the sermon today and this kind of stuff. And she's working on her announcement. And I came in and said, honey, I'm, I'm kind of almost done. You know, she said, I'm barely starting on my announcement. You know, I, it's just agony for her to put this together and to get up in front of a group of people and talk, not natural to her, not comfortable, but seriously, I know this woman and that for her getting up and doing what she did today in that announcement, that is the supernatural resurrection power of Jesus because it's not her. That's a, just you know, so many examples. Mike Glennon coming up and doing the announcement that he did. It took Mike Glennon years, literally, and I don't mean that critically at all, to make the decision to go to Mexico a couple of months ago. And Mike would be the first one to tell you that. But God has been speaking to that man and moving in that man's heart. And it is the resurrection power of Jesus that led Mike to go on this trip. And you heard what it meant to him. It was so powerful in his life. 
And for him to get up in front of a group of people and talk about it, that is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So where do all of us kind of fall into that? We all have those opportunities. Where do you, because I gave you an example for me or for others, but there's tons of times where I limit God in letting him live through me with that resurrection power. How about you? Are there places or ways or times that you do that? Um, so uh, just a just final comment. Uh, Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And Richie talked about what that word witnesses means, that it's really just being salt and light. It's not this big la-di-da thing. It's you living your life in Ojai, in your neighborhoods, in your workplace um, to, uh, to honor and God. And so just one last one. I want to uh, just a quote by Warren Wiersbe. Um, maybe skip a couple, uh, Jordan. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for our daily lives. Christ has already won the victory over sin and death, the world and Satan. And God's people do not fight for victory, but from victory. So this is where we're going to depart just a little bit. Um, When you came in, uh, hopefully you got a little piece of paper like this. Um, If you did not get a little piece of paper like this, raise your hand. Everybody's got one? Okay, excellent. So um, we are going to have an opportunity now to kind of answer the question about what have you done with what you have heard. Um, So you've heard it, we've heard these things from Richie over the last three weeks. I just gave you a recap of value, of purpose, of God's resurrection power. Um, This little sheet has, um, and for those of you at home, uh, we're going to put this up on the uh, screen in just a few minutes and leave it up because I want you to participate in this as well. This is just gonna be a personal exercise. So uh, there's a section on value, a section on purpose, a section on the resurrection power of Jesus, and there's just some questions, a couple of questions relative to each one, and an opportunity for you personally to make some notes, to listen to God, to talk to God, to make notes about what God might be saying to you about value in your life, about your purpose in life, about the appropriation of that resurrection power. So um, we're going to take... um, not long, maybe five or six minutes. Um, I'll kind of be the timer. I'm actually going to go sit down. For those of you at home, these questions will come up on the screen. I encourage you to grab a, a piece of paper and a pen and do this yourself. We'll take five or six minutes. Um, there's going to be some music playing in the background, and this is time for you to talk to or listen to God and make some notes about these three areas. I'll come back up in about five or six minutes.
I see a lot of you still writing, which is a good thing. Uh, but um, we're just going to kind of wrap things up here. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, this is, I, I want to encourage you that this is just the beginning of, again, answering that question of what do you do with what you hear. Um, so I encourage you, please take that sheet home with you. Uh, please, if you're not finished with it, take time this afternoon or sometime soon to finish it. And then most importantly, share it with somebody. Sit down with your spouse. Sit down with your kids. Get together with a good friend and talk about these things. Talk about your answers to the questions about where do you struggle with uh, value issues and value systems between things of this world and with Jesus, the purpose of your life, the application and, and accessing and, and relying on and resting in the power, the resurrection power of Jesus. So let this be an opportunity to really uh, get some distance out of that through the course of this week.